And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaco Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is J-Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, almost never on a Wednesday, it's my good friend, Jay Smith. Jay! What's up? Well, Alex is sick. And in yeah, Oklahoma he's City, better for tomorrow night. <laughs> I know. It's like, what the heck, man? The whole point, the whole point of staying after yeah. the wedding this weekend was to not to be sick here. It's a terrible, yeah. terrible place to be sick. Uh, what's not terrible is uh, coming to down to dunk night tomorrow night, Thursday night in OKC. It's uh, you can still buy a ticket if you want. You can go to our Twitter page at Down to Dunk. Uh, I've also retweeted it several times at Andrew K. Schlecht. Um, and it's going to be so much fun. We're going to meet at the Tap House at 5.30 to hang out. We're going to do a live Q&A up on the stage, and you guys can ask us whatever you want. It can be Thunder-related. It can be about our show. It could be about our uh, sleep habits. You know, whatever you're interested in, we'll be glad to answer it, and we'll hang out for a little bit, and then we will go to the game, see if the Thunder can continue this win streak. What? It's been like two years since they won four games in a row. And uh, let's see if they can continue this against the Nuggets, who just uh, have have honestly not been that great this year and have played even worse against bad teams. So, uh, you know, there's going to be a chance of the Thunder continuing the win streak. And then after the game, we'll go down onto the court and we will take a group picture. And then we will everyone will get a chance to shoot a half-court shot. And the winner of the half-court shot competition will get courtside seats to a game of your choice to see a team that actually might win some basketball games this year. It's unbelievable. So join us. It's going to be great. So would you go see a game? I, this is an unfair question because, you know, you are you can go to any game mm-hmm. and sit close. But would you go to a game where you could feel confident that the Thunder would win? Mm-hmm. Which may be every game. Yeah, could be any I game. I think outside of maybe the Bucks, yeah, depending on how the Warriors want to play, mm-hmm. uh, or would you rather go to a game to watch like a high level team hmm. like the Pelicans? Um, the Celtics. I, I would probably want to be at a game they could win. The atmosphere is just so much more fun. Like last night, it wouldn't. The Magic wouldn't have been a game where I'm like. Circle that baby. Like this is gonna be great watching these guys, you know. It was a it was fun. They are a weird, wacky team, but it was the, the environment in the arena was so much fun. Yeah, you could feel it. I mean, even I was 
I text the our, our text group whenever Poku hit that three <laughs> oh to put him up by a point. Like <laughs> I, I haven't probably been that excited about a Thunder moment uh, since Chris Paul. Bubble. Chris Paul, yeah, yeah, and uh, man, it was it was a good game, and it, and it was one of those things like in the third quarter when the Magic went on their run, I was, I was like, man, the Thunder, everything was hard on offense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what I have loved. <laughs> that's what I have loved about Mark's ability to just kind of roll the dice with whatever. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that I was wondering is what happened. Giddy didn't start the second half, which I kept scrolling through Twitter. Like, did I miss the report that said he was injured? But he, right. I, it felt like Mark was just like, hey, we need a little bit more on offense. We mm-hmm. need a different look on offense. And mm-hmm. And we were having success with Trey Mann, and you know, so let's put him out there. And it, it was just—I don't know—it was a probably the most enjoyable game I've watched as a Thunder fan in, in quite a while. Although the Ma- the Mavs game was also a lot of fun. That I don't know why great. last night just felt so different. Probably because it was home, I guess, and because Poku was the shining star, uh, not named Shea. <laughs> it was it was a really fun game, man. I mean, I was really impressed with a lot of guys and it really i mean it starts with shea who looks like a star he's 34 points on 18 shots last night he was 10 of 11 from the free throw line missed his first free throw of the season and more than the counting stats 34 four boards six assists three steals two blocks 10 of 11 from the free throw line is the way he defended was yeah just exceptional I mean, just absolutely exceptional. The way that he defended yep. Franz Wagner in the fourth quarter, he erased him from the game. He completely that took has out. to be the first Magic game I've watched since the NBA Finals when they played the Lakers. <laughs> in oh, 2000, was that 2008? 2009? 2000, yeah, 2009. I, I, was watching, I was watching Franz Wagner's shot and I was like that's a weird looking shot and then I just had this epiphany I was like I have never watched him play basketball <laughs> he's good I mean he's a legitimately a very good player and I love the go-to I love him a lot. the way yeah I love the way the Thunder tried to defend uh Paolo I thought they did a oh, good job for the most part he was yeah. real off in the first half he ended up Leveling out, still shot six of thirteen, uh, but everything was difficult for him. Put Dort on him a lot. Dort was um, great on him. Just, Dort loves yeah. to play f- like a physical brand of defense. So if you're he's so big, if you're Clay Thompson or if you're Steph or even if you're Dame, like that's not the kind of guys Dort likes to defend. Like anybody that is just like going to use their body against you a lot, like those are the guys that Dort likes to defend, like the Jason, which was back to back with Doncic yeah. and Mancaro. Yes. Like yes. it's back to back guys that he can defend really well. And he he wasn't great on offense; like he missed a lot, but he hit that huge, huge that three. Cr- it was crucial late and, in and the game. You but. could feel the nervousness of the arena too whenever Shea passed it out to him, and he was on an island. I mean, just yeah. out there all alone. And you could sense like, oh gosh, was this the right decision? Yeah, you know, is kind of how the the arena took it. It was an incredible. I mean that that to me was a big moment, and it just shows like Shea really trusts his teammates, like trusted Poku, trusted Dort, and I mean, and if you ask me, 
Like, would I trust those guys in those moments? I mean, I'm probably not, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. Especially, like, there was a layup in the fourth quarter where Lou, I mean, oh. it was one of those ones that could extend the game. Like, yes. this could kind of put it out of reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he shot, and it, I'm not sure I've seen a layup ever have been thrown as hard as that one was <laughs> off the backboard. It, like, I if mean, we're going to get on to what Poku did against Minnesota. Yeah. Like that was as equally as it was very your mind, very ill advised, and they were at that point in the possession they were really just looking for something, and he was basically just full force to the rim and just like grabbed the ball and just like inertia just took the ball from his hand. It felt like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we are ultimately kind of burying. Uh, here's the deal: Shea is a superstar. Yeah, like it's it's not even debatable anymore. Like, yeah. I can't remember who it was I was following yesterday, but but somebody mentioned that they were getting grief because they were actually putting SGA in a MVP ladder, which I'm like, okay, maybe excessive since I still don't think the, th- the Thunder are going to make the playoffs, and I can't yeah. believe that a team that would be as bad as they will be would have an MVP. But yeah. as far as individual performances, uh, he has been um, incredible mm-hmm. this, this season so far. I mean, I know we're relatively early. I mean, we are early in the season, but – he has just been unstoppable. But the thing that was the most, I don't know, encouraging, obviously, for me and anybody that's been listening to Down to Dunk for however long, I mean, three years now that Poku's been in the league, <laughs> this is Poku's best NBA game uh, ever, without question. Yeah. Like, I don't care about the ones. There, there was no game over the last two years that has much significance as that one did in the moment. Yeah. And the fact that he kind of learned from some mistakes, right? So yep. he he didn't perform well in crunch time or clutch time against the Timberwolves. But in this game, uh, that layup where he got uh, Shea, I mean, it, was, it wasn't a pick and roll and Shea somehow Poku got the ball going to the rim after a steal. I think he also, yeah. So he so, actually got the block on Wendell Carter and then went down and finished the possession with a layup. That was insane. And there's not anybody there is not one single person that when he took that shot actually thought it was going to go well for him. Not one person felt that good about well, it. Well, I think it's because we just don't believe that Poku can do two good things in a row. You know? It's like Poku can do like, oh, he made you know a great block or a great... It, Jalen Suggs was throwing the ball in, and Poku was almost shocked that the ball was like bouncing to him. It's like, what is happening? Why is the ball coming toward me? <laughs> I'll take it and I'll run it up the court and he dished to Shea and he got it back. But with with Poku, you just always feel like the one the one good thing that he did stole the ball, pushed the break. Like you're just expecting him to doink it off the front of the rim, you know, when he gets it back. And so it's just almost jarring to see him do you know multiple good things on the court at, at the same time, you know, and he. He did last night. He just looked competent. You know, he looked like a competent player. He also just looks more normal. Maybe it was like he looked at Bol Bol and he was like, you know what, maybe I am a normal guy. Maybe I am a normal NBA player. Because looking at him next to Bol is, you're like, okay, like Poku just looks like some normal looking dude, you know. Bol is unbelievable. Like just like physically what he can do on the court, just like it's everything about him is just shocking. Um, but you know, I mean, credit to Poku last night. He he played winning basketball. That's the thing too that I just kind of question. Like, 
can he contribute to a winning team? Is he able to do the things that you need to do to win basketball games? And last night he did 16 points, nine boards, one assist, two steals, three blocks, only two turnovers himself, two of five from three, seven of 13 from the field. I mean, he's just a normal basketball player, which just, I mean, it's like a, it's like a breath of fresh air. Yes, it is. And for those of us who have been uh, on a very lonely island, <laughs> I think Poku is way more of like a mascot excitement for most people. Yeah. Nobody actually ever believed that he'd be a really good or a, a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just for correction, it was a steal. It was actually, I just went back and watched it. It was the play where Jalen Sucks panicked. I think you mentioned that. Yeah. He, and he tried to throw in. it into, oh he tried to throw it into, it was either Bull Bull. That must have been Bull Bull. Uh, I think it was Wendell. Basically threw it right to Poku, and <laughs> just the fast break ensued, and then Shea got his pocket picked, and then he yep. got the ball back, and uh, wild man. That was I'm not kidding. So much fun, and I was. I also sent this in the text thread. Here's the deal, man. And if anything like what happened last night happens tomorrow night, mm-hmm. when you're going to have however many down to dunk fans are going to be in the arena, yeah. The energy that we alone will bring, I mean, eruption. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Gosh, I like, hope. I hope so. I hope that. I hope that it's at least a little bit like last night. We get some magic. You know, in the no house. Pun no pun intended. Well, maybe pun intended. I don't know. Um, man, it was <laughs> it was an incredible win, and it's kind of. It's kind of strange just because from night to night, you don't know what you're getting from everybody else. And this is just going to be, I think, a theme of the season is that certain guys are going to pop and certain guys won't. Like Wiggins wasn't great last night and it wasn't really a great matchup for him either. And so he didn't play very much. I really thought Darius Baisley would play more. He played 17 minutes. I thought that this was a game where they kind of needed him to play and they just really (laughs) didn't go to him very much. Which I thought it, was a little strange. It also didn't make sense to me that Mike nor Kenrich got any minutes as well. At I feel all. Like, None. I feel like both of those guys could have actually been helpful. Yeah. Big but bodies, instead, know how to play. Yeah. But instead, Usman got 17 and a half or 17, 15, which actually hey. he was, I, I thought he was pretty good. That was his best game too. He was shooting, he was shooting the three with incredible confidence. Yeah. And, he wasn't. I was trying to watch him on defense because I know that's been one of the consistent, uh, kind of I don't know critiques of what he has been able to do so far mm-hmm. on the floor. But I actually, I, there was nothing noticeable. Um, but man, the Magic plays such a giant lineup. It's crazy. I mean, their starting lineup is is wild, and they, you know, they went away from Terrence Ross. I don't know what did I don't did Terrence Ross get hurt? No. I don't know, but he did not play much after played, the first half. He played four minutes. That was yeah, three, weird. Three, three. And then they really played Jalen Suggs a lot, and he was not very good. Um, <laughs> three of four, one of nine from the three-point line. You know, sometimes you hit on your uh, your evaluations of players in the draft. Sometimes you miss. That was like one of my biggest stinkers because I really thought this guy would be good. Like I was a really so Hoopstock69 said in the chat, he said that you would take Suggs over Cade. Did you ever actually say that? I don't know. Probably. I was really, I said some, I'm sure. I'm sure I did. I said some dumb things, you know. I'll, well, it's I'll, hard to trust Hoopstock69, so. It is. It is. I'll, uh, you know, whatever. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say that I said something real stupid. How about that? Um, 
Suggs was rough. Yeah, that's for, bad for most of the game. So Jalen Suggs. So he was really. It was funny because there aren't. So I'm sitting right by the scores table, and people just yell at the players all the time. And so the players are going to check in. Like media members? Like me. I'm always yelling <laughs> like at Like Joe them. Masato? You let me down, Jalen Suggs. Um, <laughs> there's people always like right behind us that just feel like they can just yell at the players. And so – and this is the first time this year that somebody, that somebody actually responded. And somebody was yelling about like foul calls or something. It was like, hey, ref, quit calling so many fouls on the Magic. And Jalen Suggs was like, hey, stop. Leave us alone. Like, let us let us get our foul shots, you know. I was talking back to him. It was kind of funny. But that was, like, one of the only, like, fan player interactions that I've seen so far this year. And really the only bright spot for Jalen Suggs' career. <laughs> so far, that's <laughs> it was pretty good. That was a pretty good thing. Pretty good happened. moment for him. Uh, yeah. What happened? So, speaking of the magic, mm-hmm. what happened to Jonathan Isaac? He's, I don't know. He's he's been Didn't hurt. Did he get injured in the bubble? He's been hurt for forever. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's a weird situation because he was supposed to be one of these guys. I mean, maybe he would have started at point guard last night if uh, if he was healthy, you know. And they just start all seven footers. But yeah, it's it feels like they're just gonna probably move on from him. They they almost have too many of those kind of guys to really slide him into the lineup. And so, but he was supposed to outside of Paolo and maybe Franz Wagner now. Like, it yeah. feels like Isaac was the guy that ever, like, so much of what they were hoping to build was predicated upon. Yeah. And I mean, Carter, Wendell Carter Jr., has like surpassed him, like, definitely in the pecking order. Wendell Carter was awesome last night. He was awesome. That's was, a, I guess his two career highs were both against the Thunder. He, it, it felt like he had. 30 rebounds he had 12 but he had five offensive rebounds which was just and he also hit two i think it was whatever his name is that does the thunder broadcast normally wendell carter shooting like 20 percent from the three-point line and he he hit two of them and both of them felt gigantic i know they did yeah it really did but the uh, credit to the thunder because they really shut him down at the end of the game like right when the ball would hit his hands close to the basket he there would be like three or four thunder players just like right there oh man they and that's so much of it, I think, if you look at how they've defended, I mean, this is really how they defended. It's what they learned defending Jokic, Gobert, Carl Towns, yep. and now Wendell Carter. Like, yep. they don't have a traditional big, and so they realize, like, everybody is going to have to defend the yep. paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Poku's just pesky enough to, and, and strange enough, Poku's great to be able to defend the rim a little bit. Yep. Baisley is has been great. I mean, Jeremiah was you, awesome last night. Was, that was probably his. That was energy. His, that was his best game by far so far this well, season. Well, and clearly for me, Jre. I mean, this is hyperbolic, and I know I'm going to regret it once I get the chance to rewatch Do it. Do it. Hey, this podcast. I really feel like Jre changed the tide of the game when mm-hmm. he came in. No, no. That's what Mark thought, too. That's what Mark said right after the game. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, he praised Jeremiah um, almost more than anybody after the game last night. Like, that was the guy that he was he was really excited about. And Jeremiah, you got to give him credit because he has not played well this season. His minutes have been up and down. He didn't really know when he was going to get to play. And he they threw him back in there for some energy. And he scored in the paint a lot. 
which is kind of a departure from what he had been doing. More of like he's more spot up three guy. And the fact that he was scoring, you know, running to the rim, defending, rebounding. I think he had three. Yeah, he had three steals last night. It was he was exactly what they needed in that moment. And like his box score doesn't jump out to you, but you know he was a plus twenty two in that game. And that to me, like yes, like I I could feel the plus twenty two in the way that he played last night. He was he was tremendous, and I don't know that you know night. You know, people people can get really fickle. That's it's just kind of a reminder that like with this Thunder team, don't get fickle with all these guys because they're all so young, and they're gonna have good games. They're gonna have bad games. There's gonna be games where Jeremiah does this and he's a plus twenty two. There's gonna be another game where he's a minus twenty two. You know, this is just the path of a young NBA player. I mean, Josh Giddy did not have a great game last night. Like, don't don't do anything with that. You know. Let, oh, he hasn't played in like, ten days. Like let it, let it, let it lie. Let it play out. Give this, give this team even the season to figure stuff out. And I know, and I asked Mark about this last night because they largely staggered Shea and Josh, and like exclusively did that coming out of half where they sat Josh and then brought him in five minutes in to the third quarter, and. You know, I don't know. I don't think that we really should do anything with that. I think it's obvious that the pairing of Josh and Shea is not seamless, and that it's not natural. And they know that. I think we know that. You know, Mark has talked about that. But it still is number one on the list this season of to do. Get these guys playing with one another in a rhythm because – even though he didn't look like it last night, Josh is still the number two guy on this roster. Yeah, that's playing right now. That's not Nick yep. Chet. So they're gonna have to figure it out. They didn't. They didn't really take any steps toward that last night, which is okay. They got the win. You got to see Shea play the way that he did, which was tremendous. But the fact we remains: seventy-five games to go. <laughs> they got a few right. Left. Like they got a few left. To they got a few out. left, and I think that. It's you cannot, and I understand that. And I see people on Twitter that just mentioned, and there's there's some reality that when Josh is inserted into that starting lineup, like, and I don't have, I don't know the data, nor do I have the data, but I'm assuming well, there's not enough data to even do anything with because yeah. Mark doesn't use lineups enough. I actually asked Mark about this last night. It was like, I really just You're wanted to ask, real like, do, hard you, on us. do you care about lineup data? Do you care <laughs> about my cleaning the glass subscription, Mark? Um, that's yeah. really what the heart of the question was. But I just asked him, like, what do you, like, how important is lineup data to you? Like, whenever you're evaluating the team. Yeah. And he, like, acknowledged that the way that he's running lineups is unconventional and it's, it's going to take a while for them to actually have data that's meaningful. But he, what he's doing now is obviously more important than that, you know? Yeah. And he yep. understands that he he kind of wants there's like there's so there's two schools of thought with this the way that he runs lineups it's one you're running these crazy lineups no one knows what to expect no one can catch a rhythm and then you have what the Thunder obviously think through this is that no one knows when they're gonna go in no one knows when they're gonna go out they're you have to be ready all the time. 
And if you're not ready, then, you know, that will show, <laughs> you know? And so it's, it's like this, like, stay ready mentality that they are looking for. And a, like, who's, like, who's going to pop on any given night kind of thing. Like, Jang yeah. did great last night. Jeremiah was great last night. Um, Poku was great last night off the bench. And so it's just something that they're, that they want to kind of, it's, it's a part of them trying to ingrain toughness into these players. And that's something that Mark said a lot yesterday. So it's just interesting the way they're doing it. And so much of it with the giddy Shea kind of combo, the fact that neither one of them are shooting very well this year. Mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't seem like when, when Giddy is initiating the offense that Shea, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't feel like he's at least looking for his shot right out of the, now he's still attacking, but as far as what would make this team really fully kind of actualized with those two guys on the floor is can one of them spread it while the other one can attack. Cause you watched it when Shea was out, Giddy was getting to the rim at will, mm -hmm. uh, whenever he had the space. And so they've got to figure out a way for, for one of the two of them or both of them, because if you look at it, they're both shooting around four three pointers a game and, and neither one of them are shooting well, Giddy's at 25% and Shea's at 32%. Yeah. And so looking at both of those realities, it just is hard for them to play together until one of them takes, because Shea is clearly better when he has the ball in his hand. Yeah. Um, especially towards the end of the game. And I think Josh would be okay. With, I, I mean, I don't think Josh has any pride in that. He'll do whatever it takes mm -hmm. is how it just kind of at least feels. And some of that I'm, I'm also taking from the interview that you had with the guy that played with his dad. Like they mm -hmm. seem to have kind of a similar demeanor on the mm -hmm. court. Mm -hmm. And so, but, but if, if Shea is doing what he does at the end of the game, you clearly are still having opportunities. I mean, look at last night, like we were talking about Lou Dort, Pokashevsky, both of them, when they were open, they got the ball and were able to make it count. And and Giddy has to get to the point where if he plays with Shea in those moments, that he can find a spot to still be offensively, um, you know, minded. Like somebody has to pay, pay attention to him. And so for him to be able to spread, but it's not. I'm not, dude. No, in no way am I concerned about this because if it ever got to the point where it was actually concerning to the people that matter uh, for Oklahoma City, is they would make a. Uh, a trade. I don't. I don't think that's on any of their horizon. Um, but they would move Giddy for something. Is what they would do, um, and which would be a bummer because I I love what Giddy brings. Uh, but I don't think that's in anybody's plan right now, unless something comes up that they just can't say no to. Yeah, I I would not expect anything to happen with Josh Giddy. I don't expect anything to happen with this roster, with anybody that was picked in the lottery. In the last you know, three seasons, plus Shea, I don't expect anything to happen with any of those guys. So, yeah, we have these game-by-game -game results. I can tell you the Thunder just – they don't seem to care about the results as much as they do process right now. And it's all about process over results, and that's the way that Mark talks. You know, when you talk about – when we were asking him about Lou early on in the season, whenever he was just putrid – it was just like, what do you, what do you say to a guy like Lou who's kind of processing, you know, all of this and going through a, a tough spurt? And he's like, well, we just don't really care about the results all that much. It's more about the kind of shots he's getting and things of that that nature. So, yeah, it's Giddy's missing shots. Like they don't really care. Is he taking the right kind of shots? Is he playing the right way? 
you know, they're, those are the kind of things they're looking for. And yeah, I mean, it, it just is what it is with Josh for now. He's only played in four of these games and, you know, you want to see more. And this is, it's very early. This is game, game seven. We're on to game eight tomorrow night and it'll just be another data point for them. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't do really anything with any of it. Right. Yeah. If you look at it, I know we've, we've talked ad nauseum about Lou Dort and, but if you look at those last three games, the, the second game versus the Clippers was kind of a turning point, which is still too early. It's been three games, Yeah. but he's still shooting between those three games from the field. He's shooting around 50%, um, you know, 45, 46%, three pointers, or, I mean, he was a total of six out of 10. So he's about 60% over the course of those three games, which I know that that's not sustainable either, but it's one of those things where he was so bad. Sorry, I miscounted on that. He was not that. He was two of 15. Oh, okay. So still not really getting it from the three-point line. Uh, but if you look no at one it is over on the course, team. Yeah. yeah. But if you look at it, like he is trending in a direction that is, you know, more positive. And that's just, this team is figuring things out. This team, I mean, it's early. Like, what do you say? Until 20 games, you don't make any sort of broad statements about this, other than the fact that SGA is a superstar. Yeah, that's the only one that you can take to the bank there. Everything else, I mean, honestly, it's if you were trying to make definitive statements from game to game, like one, you would have been all over the the map with where you what you felt about Poku, you know, from he needs to go back to the G League to man, he should probably be the starter again last night. You know, you just you need a you need a bigger sample to really know what these guys are. And Poku is probably is something probably in between. You know, he's probably not quite what he was last night, and he's, you know, definitely not what he was the last two minutes of the Minnesota game. And, you know, J Dub, we haven't hardly seen him play at all. And so we really need to see a lot more of him. I have extremely high hopes for what he can do though. Just his feel for the game, his pacing, oh, yeah. the way he understands. I want to see more of him, honestly. Like I yeah. know there was probably matchups that didn't make it quite as useful but i really really enjoy watching him play basketball oh yeah he's he knows what he's doing he's, he's really good he he can do a bunch of everything yeah once again not shooting well from the three-point line but it's not a lot of attempts at least doesn't feel like it um but man when he's he can attack he plays really good defense and his body really is something that does stand out when i watch him play yeah yeah uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some stats uh, around SGA and around the Thunder team as a whole. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer and it was, man, very, very easy process. 
LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back after that quick break. Jay, the Thunder are 26th in offense, which matches the eye test of this of this team. <laughs> Uh, they're fifth in defense, according to NBA.com. That is pretty crazy. I don't think they are the fifth best defense in the NBA. Probably better. They're probably the second best. You know, um, they. It's crazy because this is a this is a tough stretch. You know, this was supposed to be the Clippers. God, the Clippers suck. They're they're just not good. They barely beat the Rockets the other night in what was one of the worst games that I've seen all year. Uh, they're they're just not good. They look old. They look slow. It was really bad. I don't expect that to be them the whole season. If it was, you know, that'd be a great sign for for Thunder fans. But it, I don't expect that to be like the reality of the Clippers moving forward. But for now, they look terrible. Minnesota, which Thunder lost both games to, were terrible. Like, they look really, really bad. They look so discombobulated. So, it was supposed to be a really tough stretch. It's turns out, like, it looks, a, it, you know, looking back, it's, like, a little softer than it was. Then you have the miracle game against the the Magic, or, the, I mean, the, uh, the Mavericks, and then you beat the Magic at home in a comeback victory. But, you know, you only can play the games that you're given, and the Thunder have looked pretty good. They're above 500 for what, you know, in the first time in probably a couple of years. And it's, you know, they look pretty good. And uh, that's being driven by Shea and them being fifth in defense. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't believe they're 
they just do it well. They just play together. Yeah. Like it's it's all it is. I mean, they just really do a great job of emphasizing team defense. And because they don't have, I mean, outside of, I guess, door, they don't have anybody individually that blows you away, but a bunch of guys that just yeah. play hard and do their part. Yeah. It's a credit to the coaching staff. Yep. You know, and their scheming. And you just have to remind yourself, like, there's a, one of the, a guy that's going to be one of the best defenders in the NBA and Chet Holmgren that's waiting in the wing. That, you know, I think that's, that's partly why I think like Thunder fans don't need to be all wound up about lottery odds this year and about one, because Shea is really good and there are other players that are good on this team and you have Chet waiting. And if you end up with the eighth pick in the draft, no big deal. You know, if you end up with the first pick in the draft, fantastic. That's great. You're, you can put your expectation, you can like, you can have really high expectations then for this team and what they can be. Um, but yeah, this, it's really just, you know, it's, it's one of those seasons where you can like win or lose. You don't, this doesn't have to be stressful. I don't think, I think you can celebrate the wins more than you could in the past, just because, you know, going into last season, it's like, Oh man, like Shea is pretty good, but like we just got the sixth pick, and like that's not we know we know that's not going to be good enough to get where the Thunder want to go, and you know this season it's not that. Um, they're twelfth in net rating in the league, which is good. They're fourth in assisted turnover ratio, and and they have the second best turnover percentage in the league, um, which has been kind of shocking and shocking to the team as well. Mark is like, I actually want them to play in a kind of a a way where they could end up getting more turnovers. And they're just not so far. So that's something to watch. A little too safe. Yeah. Uh, the Thunder are sixth, or not the Thunder, SGA, Shea Gilders Alexander, the star of the Thunder, is sixth in scoring right now in the NBA, only behind Luka, Giannis, Ja, KD, and Donovan Mitchell, which is pretty wild. Yeah. He's 14th in free throw attempts. He's 10th in made free throws. This season, uh, he's 18th in assists per game, third in steals in the NBA. He's 20th in blocks, and that's good for second among guards in blocks this season. Um, and he's tied for fourth in deflections per game, only behind Alex Caruso, DeAnthony Melton, Anthony Davis, and Paul George. So, like, the defensive stats are there as well. The defensive effort, just the smarts. He said last night that he watches a ton of basketball. He's uh, cuz I asked him like what how did you prepare for Franz Wagner cuz he knew what shoulder Franz wants to turn over whenever he's going to his turnaround jump shot. Like he knew which one he wanted and he he stuck on that shoulder and did not allow him to turn. And so Franz had to turn the other shoulder and he, you know, threw the ball off the backboard because of Shea and I'm sitting there thinking okay like what are you doing like are you watching clips are you what's how did you prepare for this and he said that he just watches league pass he's like I'm not really watching clips of players like I watch I'm just watching full games of these guys and trying to pick up on their tendencies and he's like I just I'm watching he's like players he said players get league pass for free 
And uh, I just watched League Pass. It's like, all right. <laughs> it's just Not funny. another perk. Another yeah. perk of uh, being an NBA player. <laughs> That's right. Not just the salary. Um, but yeah, he's been incredible. It's been so think, so much fun to watch. Yeah, and that's I mean, it, I think we've been hesitant on what to really label Shea as far as the franchise going forward because you're we're always looking for the KD or we're looking for the next Russ and and it's going to be hard to find the the KD uh, the Russ one obviously I think is more achievable just in the sense that KD is more generational. Am I going to get in trouble for that? No. Uh, no. Okay. But I, I think in doing so and being hesitant to, to define anything is I think we probably are really lacking on how much we really know and, and appreciate who Shea is. Yeah. And the fact that he has his skill set plus the cerebral side of it, man, that's, I mean, that just makes it to where he, he, does have i mean obviously nobody's limitless as far as their ceiling but his ceiling he's not even there yet like i heard, i saw somebody on twitter earlier which i spend too much time on there apparently is what i'm realizing <laughs> as i say this but somebody said like i can't believe the thunder are wasting shay's prime and i'm like shay's not there yet yeah he's 24 he's not there yet yeah and they're gonna have a season in two years or so where you're gonna have over overlapping primes mm-hmm of most of their players, let alone who you have coming in in the next couple of years. Cause this year's draft is your best pick is more than likely, unless something goes really badly for the Clippers and really right for the thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, more likely it's going to be your pick, which my guess is somewhere between the six to 11 range. Yeah. I think um, that's right. And, but if you hit on that, like that's another person I, and then, but I, the way, reason I was even alluding to that. It's because then you have a Clippers pick, a Rockets pick that's top four protected, which hopefully by then they will be out of that range. And that's what even is encouraging for this year. If you're worried about lottery balls this year, uh, which I don't think very many people hopefully It didn't seem like people are as stressed about that. Yeah, but I'm like, if you've you've got the sixth, seventh pick, plus, and I know you all kill me for this, but if they really were ready, all right, well, let's put the Rockets – I mean, you're not going to get Scoot. You're not going to get Wimignano without trade. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't get Vic. There's no way unless you get the number one pick. Yeah, yeah. He's surely a guy that's untradeable, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, and maybe Scoot as well. Um, yes, but de- definitely. either way, like definitely. there there are ways to move into ranges if you have a guy you really fall in love with. But it's just one of those things like, man, this is definitely the season. It's time to just have fun and yeah. choose dumb. Choose dumb. Choose dumb. It's the best way to go. Uh, Mark said at practice from Joe Masato that uh, the DNPs for Kenrich and Mascala last night were planned in advance as a way to loosen the rotation. So this is just communicated to to Mike and Kenrich. Just said, hey, guys. Hey, old dudes. Uh, you guys are going to sit tonight. So just... <laughs> And that's, I mean, that's a part of like what you're signing up for when you're Mike and you're Kenrich and you re up with the Thunder. This is, uh, this is part of it. This is part of what you signed up for. So, and they know that and they are willing to, to lead and like still really want to be here. And I know people will make assumptions about how they should feel or about the way that they, the way that they feel. Like both those guys still very much love 
being in Oklahoma City and love being a part of what they're building here. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested to see where this goes with the Thunder because like right now they're they're just not shooting the ball very well. Like things can actually get better. That's one thing Mark said last night after the game was that Shea is really has played well, but he said this is not the best he can play. He's like, he's got a lot left in terms of offense and defense. So it's like, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. That's what he said. That's what he said after the game. Um, I thought that was kind of wild. The Thunder's upcoming schedule is interesting, to say the least. So they play Denver on Thursday, which is down to dunk night. Please go to down to dunk night if you can. Then they play in Milwaukee, and then in Detroit, and then back home November 9th, they play Milwaukee again. And then on the 11th, they have Toronto. So that's five games. Uh, I mean, that's it's a pretty that's a pretty tough schedule. You get Milwaukee twice, you get Denver, you get Toronto, um, and then Detroit, who hasn't been great this year, but they're still they're scrappy. You know, Detroit is going to see OKC on the schedule and say, like, we got to beat those guys, you know. And so, like, the Cade versus Shea, you know, matchup is also really fun. It's a pretty if, – if you're one that's like, oh, man, we got to make a push for the play-in, if the Thunder are, are above 500 after that stretch, after the November 11th game in Toronto, like <sighs> – I might start saying some stupid things. I don't know. Because like, that's that's a tough stretch. They should lose a majority of those games. I'm calling it two and two. They're losing both box games. Yeah. Milwaukee's and I think really they – because the Toronto game's actually home is what it says. Yeah, Toronto's at home. Yeah. So they play Toronto at home and Detroit in Detroit. I think the Thunder are just better than Detroit. Like I understand home court. Who knows what can They're happen. They're a much better defensive team. I mean, I just think that you're going to see – like, there's no reason – if you look at Toronto, like, Dallas, I think, would be a comparable kind of level of a team. And, I mean, Thunder – I know it was kind of miraculous or whatever, but still they're able to hang and ended up winning against the Mavericks. And I think the Thunder have a shot tonight, like, or tomorrow night. Yeah, I think they do too. Toronto is really good. Yeah, man, for, a, you know, for a Canadian team, I guess. <laughs> They're they're really they're no Vancouver Grizzlies. (laughs) Where let me see where these like the Bucks defense is like by far the best defense in the league. That's where I just you know that's where the Thunder have gained an edge against some of these teams. But yeah, Toronto's eleventh in defense, and then they are where are they offense? So ask. So here's another question about this is and this is wild to do this, but. If one of the things we talk about is who has the best player on the court, which I know doesn't always yeah. I mean in regular season games it's not always the indicator, but still significant. Uh against Toronto, like would you take Shea or Pascal Siakam or Scotty Barnes, Fred I mean, Van Fleet? I think Shea is better than all of those guys. <laughs> I really do. I think he's become a better player than those guys, but it's close. Siakam yeah, and is have three of those guys. Siakam is real. Yes, that's the thing. Is that yeah. Scotty Siakam Van Vliet, like yeah. If you have all those and, guys, and then they have a lot of other pieces. Like OG Ananobi is 
like a really, really nice piece that's yeah. underutilized for them and has been underutilized all season for them, but a really good player. So they just they just have a better team. They're really well coached. Yeah. Uh that's it's a tough one. They're just a they're a tough matchup. I mean, they absolutely they obliterated the Hawks on Monday night by thirty. And Fred Van Vliet was sitting. So basically shut down Trey Young. Wasn't that the game he scored like four points or yeah, something? They didn't give him any airspace. Barnes was like their de facto point guard that night. It's pretty wild. He's re- he's really good. He is really really good. He had five threes in that game too, career high. Jeez, Louise, that's terrifying. I know. Yeah, Toronto's really good. If the Thunder could beat the Raptors at home, that would I would be very very impressed by that. That would be one where. You know, I think you have to start thinking a little differently about the Thunder if they can, you know, beat Detroit, beat Toronto, and like hang with the Bucks. Not necessarily beat the Bucks, but at least hang with them. The Bucks haven't lost yet. You know, they're everybody loses games. No one goes eighty-two and zero. So, but yeah, I think they they could beat the Pistons. They could though. They could. I mean, it hadn't happened. They're before, on pace but, for it. I mean, it's possible. Don't tell me it's not possible. They're missing all kinds of guys. They have like zero wings on their team right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun watching a basketball team that wins games. I'll I'll just say it. I'll admit it. It's a fun thing, and I'm in. I'm into it. I'm into uh, what this team brings, and I think you can be really excited for the future of this squad, knowing that Chet's coming back next year, knowing that. This team is going to grow and learn and become better throughout the season, and that they're going to add another major piece. I think that you can, you don't have to squint to see the results anymore, you know, to see no. what the future could be. And especially Absolutely. since Shea has gotten better, um, yeah. Shea, Joe asked Shea after the game if he feels like a different player. Like, do you feel like a like a better player than you did last year? And he said, yeah. He said, if I, he's like, if I don't feel like a better player, he's like, I didn't do the right things in the offseason. And so it's like, oh gosh. Like he's, I mean, he wants to be great. Yeah. And he's showing that he can be. I mean, he didn't hit a three last night. He, he didn't hit one three. No. And he's scoring like that. And we know that he can shoot threes. I mean, his percentage isn't great this season, but. We know that he can hit threes, but the fact that he – and he's changed so much. I mean, you think about him two years ago where he was shooting 40% from three and he was taking a ton, you know, and relying on the three-point shot a ton. And the fact that he was just dominant in the mid-range and then gets those MVP chants at the end of the game, it was it was like one of – it was a moment, you know. It was definitely like a moment for Shea. He said after the game that it felt like a video game whenever people were chanting MVP. That's cool. (laughs) Well, and he, I don't remember which play it was, but there was a play where maybe one of the threes or that either Lou or Poku hit, or it could have been the whenever he hit that. I mean, sometimes he shoots these mid-range shots where he has just like slithered his way and you're, it almost feels automatic now. Yeah. And so there's one he kind of hit really important part of the game. I think last minute. Mm-hmm. And after he hit it, the fans went nuts, and he was running up the the sidelines like 
you know, trying to get the crowd. And man, I was just, it feels like, it feels like we're in that era where it's like, here it is. Yeah. We can see it. It's not a finished product, but it is most definitely as close to what it, it will look like as it's been. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's been exciting. So it's been so much fun. Uh, join us tomorrow night. If you don't have your tickets yet, go to our Twitter account at down to dunk and you can find our tweet. Click the link, buy yourself some tickets, come to the game, join us at the tap house at five 30 tomorrow and then go to the game. And then who knows? Maybe you're the one, maybe you're the one that's going to hit the half court shot and go home with uh two court side seats of your choice. And we did have somebody ask on Twitter, and I didn't get the chance to respond to it, but if you are already a season ticket holder, Mm -hmm. you cannot participate in the half-court shot without also purchasing uh, one of the tickets. And so we apologize that that's the reality, but it is what it is. Yeah, because then, who knows? Like People would be like, wait, what's going on here? I'm just going to join in. And then suddenly we have 300 people, 400 people, and it's like, not everyone can shoot a half court shot. Not everybody can stand on the court, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait to see you guys. Be sure to come up and say hello to us at the tap house and at the game. And, you know, we'd love to meet all of you guys that purchase tickets. Um, you've been purchasing your questions too. Yeah. Yeah. Get your questions, get, get them, get them ready to fire away tomorrow. It's going to be very fun. Uh, All right, you guys have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.